0: It's your host Natua, and you are welcome to my big girl era. Y'all, if you're like me, the pressure is getting (laughs) wasa. But together, we're gonna dig deep and talk about it. Let's get it, let's go. Literally two days until Christmas, so I'm excited. And even with all the kiddos, like, running around in family, it's just, like, adding to the Christmas spirit. Well,
1: that makes sense as to why there's so many, like, your family drove in and stuff like that.
0: Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) But um, I guess kind of to start, like, I know it's been it's literally the end of another year. And, you know, before we talk serious things, like just as you're reflecting about the year, what you've accomplished, growth areas, like what have you learned about yourself this year? And like, you know, how are you, whether it's growth areas, like what, how are you gonna incorporate those things that you've learned into next year?
1: Um, honestly, I think this year, and I, I think I'll also even be talking about it throughout this conversation. I think God mm-hmm. has allowed me to see myself as I truly am. I don't think I've ever mm-hmm. really had a truly realistic view of myself. Um, yeah. Areas where I look down on myself, where I didn't know that I was actually, I, I wasn't terrible. <laughs> like I, I'm actually very <laughs> decent in those areas. And yeah. I'm excited to enter 2023. Mm-hmm. I almost said 2024. I know. <laughs> um, 2023 with this realistic view of myself and my potential, and just more
0: self worth, more self. Yeah, more self worth. Yeah, I think for me, like I think this year has—it was my hardest year, but it's also a year where I'm. A lot of people will tell me. I can. I kind of touched on this at our previous conversation, where I feel like. Um, a lot of people will say, oh, Natura, you're so nice, you know? So that has been an area that has put me in situations mm-hmm. that I didn't have to be in because I literally couldn't find the courage to literally just say no and move on with my it's life. <laughs> yeah, so literally 2023 is going to be my selfish year. I'm saying no, like if it doesn't serve my purpose, if it doesn't, like, if I genuinely don't have time to do this, if this is an inconvenience, if I genuinely just don't want to do something, if I don't want to, like, even build a relationship, like, I don't want to get to know somebody, it sounds crude. But I'm, yeah. like, selfish. immediately no. Because I think my, even my mental health has suffered as a result of that. Because sometimes, like, I'll... I'll burn myself out doing so much for other people mm-hmm. when it's like, okay, you got to take care of yourself, mm-hmm. water your garden a little bit, you know, and then come back and take care of other people. And honestly, <laughs> at least from my
1: experience, I don't know if it'll happen for you, but you will learn that it's not even selfishness. This is
0: healthy. Yeah. Healthy. <laughs> like, it's healthy. A healthy. And that's yeah. the thing. But we grow up just not internalizing that at all Mm -hmm. so i think i'm i'm happy to be in this era of selfishness and putting myself first Mm -hmm. and hopefully i'm able to to follow through (laughs) hopefully you know bad bitch era or whatever Um, who was she Yeah. Hey friends, podcast listeners. Today we have a special guest. She is a fellow Ugandan babe, mental health advocate, Madame Boss, fashionista, public speaker, child of gut. (laughs) Her name is Michelle Kamenda, or Cite on social media. Um, but girl I am so excited to have you on here welcome to my big girl era podcast um, and I guess tell the people about yourself like you know what are you up to now what are you studying what are what are your short-term goals you know
1: um well one thank you for such a kind welcome because <laughs> <laughs> I
0: like wow thank you. Thank you,
1: thank you. Um, of course. Hi, everyone. My name is Michelle Cabenda, and on social media, like Natwa said, I do go by CITE. Mm-hmm. Um Right now in life, I am on an academic break, so I'm kind of just figuring out what my next steps are, um, if I want to return in the spring, if I want to return in the fall, waiting on a few decisions here and there, um, just growing, developing some skill sets in the meantime. Um, I don't know, I'm just chilling, vibing, happy to be alive and trying to serve yeah. God and have a place <laughs> <off>. <laughs> But yeah.
0: And then you, you said you have already, like, talk about, like, the degrees that you already have and, like, where you're thinking going academically.
1: Yeah, so currently I'm, I graduated from the University of Iowa with a global health mm-hmm. studies. I've always been really passionate about science Um, When I first entered, I entered with like new science. I tried to, I thought about switching to psychology. I went back and forth between so many things, But God called me when I was like 19. So my master's was going to be, well, I started as a master's of divinity, but I want to find a way Mm -hmm. to fuse faith and science. Um, I think my ministry, I want to talk about how to use faith to overcome, mm-hmm. but I also want to come with the facts. I want to come with the evidence-based practices that people can actually mm-hmm. use to overcome. So there's there are mm-hmm. dual programs around the nation that offer ministry and counseling psychology. So I'm yeah. trying to figure out how to maneuver that, how that fits into my purpose, and how mm-hmm. I'm going to set that up logically, um, yeah, in the best way.
0: I'm just chilling. Okay. Hey. Honestly, I'm in the same I'm in the same spot. I took a semester off. I was like I need a break from all academics and I'm in the same, like just trying to figure out like how 2023 is going to look like, mm-hmm. you know, do I want like you said, do I want to come back in the spring or the fall? Mm-hmm. Like what what is right for us, you know? Um I'm definitely prioritizing mental health above all else. Mm-hmm. So um but Basically, for everyone listening, Michelle and I met at a Ugandan Pageant um, in North in America, where she, alongside with my sister, were competing. And although we talked for a short period of time, we did exchange social media. And I've kind of like low key been, you know, following your journey, stacking you with like a little bit here and there. <laughs> and you basically have these two seasons of content called Healing Journey and Diary of. 22 year old. Yes. So I basically like through those episodes that you would record via Instagram, like I just found your story inspiring and relatable. And I guess today we're just going to unpack some of those things and continue the conversation. Um, and if y'all can already tell, we are going to be trauma dumping, talking about trauma, you know, trauma responses and the healing journey. Um, so I did send you some questions. To kind of help guide this conversation, so I guess um, going off of the first one, for people who are kind of listening and are like, you know, I feel like people are scared. Either one, one, they're scared of, you know, admitting that they have gone through trauma. Yeah or an, are, are in denial about it, or there's like another side where it's like, yes, I have, you know, I've gone through trauma, this is what it is, this is how it's affected me. So I guess, like, how would you define trauma?
1: Well, yeah. from, and I'm not a mental health professional yet, um, I'm based <laughs> off of like my own research I've done in my free time, trauma is basically mm-hmm. anything that happens to you, and this could be sexually, mentally, spiritually, physically, emotionally, that causes Mm -hmm. like some sort of like emotional shock that causes you Mm -hmm. or like some psychological shock and this can show up in in, like various ways but Mm -hmm. um trauma is something that where you don't feel safe you didn't feel in control Mm -hmm. um you felt harmed or you saw harm being done to another person i think people forget that's trauma as well like people who grow Mm -hmm. up in homes with domestic violence um your parent may not have touched you, but if your parent touched your parent or in so many, like whatever you saw growing up, that still constitutes yeah. as trauma. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I what think that's you? a good definition.
0: Like, well, how do you read trauma? How would I define trauma? Mm-hmm. Um, I think I would define trauma as a, without using that word, <laughs> like an experience, a negative experience that shapes you up and kind of affects the trajectory of your life. Mm-hmm um and like you said it's in all all shape it comes in all shapes and sizes it can be little things big things like I know someone who even like someone who that fear of like dogs or cats like it starts from somewhere so you have this traumatic moment as a child that literally shapes the rest of like how you view cats or animals so it can be something as little as that or as big as like you know I you know a death in the family or Um, like you said, domestic violence or whatever it is, verbal abuse. And those, those experiences continue to just shape who you are. And you also, I think part of it is you don't necessarily process that moment in time. So because you haven't processed it, anytime you have an experience later on that reminds you of that situation in some way, like it triggers, you have like some sort of like response where you're like, I don't know. Like you said, I'm not an expert. I agree 100%. Yeah. And to be honest, I probably have done less research (laughs) on this than you. (laughs) But, you know, trying to learn today and just have like an honest conversation about it. Um, So to jump right into it, like, what would you say is your single most traumatic moment, if you could even like pick a moment and like, how has it continued to shape your life and identity today?
1: You know, I think that's a very interesting question because if you would have asked me that like a year ago or even two mm-hmm. ago, I could probably list something right away. But since yeah. I went through, I guess, what's coined as a healing journey on social media, mm-hmm. a lot of, mm-hmm. I, I don't have strong emotions to any situation yeah. anymore. So I can't pinpoint yeah. the single most traumatic event. I feel like now when I look back, I think everything was traumatic, but
0: yeah. all... She said, y'all, she had a traumatic childhood. Everything. <laughs>
1: like, my childhood, I think, actually, I think something that was very traumatic for me, and this is going to mm-hmm. sound strange, because you just said I had like a traumatic childhood, and I think that's how it comes off, but I also had a yeah. really good childhood. So working yeah. my healing journey, it messed with my head. I was still, yeah. like, Am I allowed to feel this way? Am I allowed to feel the situation this way? Like I had intense black and white thinking, like yeah. split thinking to the core. Because I, if something is good and something is bad, then what is it? I had to learn that there's like gray yeah. area. That messed with my head. Like yes, there's situations <laughs> that happen, but what yeah. messed with me psychologically? Whew, yeah, that was one
0: of my yeah. Points. Yeah. And I think even just growing up in an African household, I feel like there's already challenges that come with that. It's like you have parents who are so supportive and will like sacrifice, if not financially, like in other areas, just so much for to, you know, make sure that you have a better future than they have. But then at the same time, it's like you're growing up with um and I think so, so maybe because we live in America, so maybe, you know, even conversations about trauma and like emotions, those are things that we've kind of been conditioned and cultured to have conversations about where back home, those things, we don't normally address them. Like you, you respect your parents, you do, do if they disrespect you, like you hunker down and you, you know, you endure, yeah. like, even if you're to go through something traumatic, I feel like you know again the, like no one is having that conversation with you you go through it you endure and you do better than they did <laughs> I just, just,
1: um i think that also brings in the conversation of like generational trauma and generational cycles
0: are yeah. back
1: home and i mean i didn't grow up in uganda but if we continuously keep seeing the same thing over and over and over again we can't really question yeah. it but since we're in, like, yeah. in a different state and we've seen something different like we've seen the health yeah. then it's like mom dad hold up I think
0: you're like wait a minute
1: <laughs> maybe we'll, how we're moving we shouldn't be moving
0: <laughs> yeah and you know what is so wholesome like I've it's it's been so comforting watch my parents continue to grow and like mm-hmm. even listen and have conversations where I'm trying to be I'm trying to I'm you know I'm, I'm working on many areas but being vulnerable is one of them mm-hmm. so I think I held a lot of bitterness in the way that my parents raised me. Um, I, like I wouldn't even want to call it trauma, but there were def- it, there were some like ways that they parented that contributed to you know the trauma the trauma that I hold and how it if- how I live my life today. And I think of recent, like we've been having more conversations where I'm like, hey, like you did this, and yes, I was young, um, but this is how it if it-, it has affected me, and this is how I'm like living my life because of it and like especially my mom she genuinely like even her posture has changed whereas like a few years ago she would have been defensive she would have been like "Mm," you know we were just parenting or whatever like her approach now is like she listens like we had a three hour conversation in a car like a few weeks ago where we were just talking about like some of the things that have happened in childhood and how like her parenting style is you know affecting not only me but my brother and all these things that she was just listening asking questions and like genuinely trying to improve and i was like wait a minute Actually, progress yeah.
1: that's so beautiful because okay yeah. some parents like that that situation is just completely unsafe and like it doesn't make sense to yeah. adjust it but i think some parents are willing to listen you know like, yeah. you want to yeah too, you know yeah
0: and it's like at the end of the day they do love us you know so it's like if they know like i think it's also because we've all moved out of the house and everything so it's like once they know and our, and our relationship is changing whereas before we needed them physically now we're in a different space where we don't need them physically and there's no emotional attachment connection necessary yeah attachment so i think they're kind of trying to change their parenting style to have a more emotional attachment and foster that over like providing the physical and we're all just, you know, we're just navigating that. But um, I think for me, I guess to kind of answer that question, like what your single most traumatic moment for me, like um, November 13th, 2021, I almost died, like straight up almost did. I was almost deceased. I basically got into a car accident where I was passenger and we were T-boned. It was like, it was, it was really bad um but I think I'm also like a logical processor so a lot of times if I go through hardship I don't process it as trauma or like oh I need to take time to like listen to my body it's more like okay I went through this I'm still alive let's go 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 um so I think it was it was kind of that like it was in the middle of the semester accident happened I was an RA and I was like you know what like I got into this accident I'm gonna take my my week break off because the doctor, doctor recommended. But after that, I am coming back. I'm continuing this RA position. I'm going to, you know, have a successful semester. And, like, no one has to know except, like, the few people. Like, people are like, Natua, are you traumatized? No, I am not traumatized. Da, da, da. Like, honestly, I'm fine. I can get into vehicles. Like, da, da, da. But 2022, I almost said 2023. <laughs> but going into 2022, like, I think just not processing and taking the time to to heal I guess from that traumatic experience kind of caused me to spiral and I, I remember like we kind of like already talked about this in our previous um, phone call where I was literally I was trying to show up how I normally show up and whether it was in my RA position where it was in some other leadership things where it was classes trying to show up in the same way that I was already showing up before the the accident happened but not being able to cope because I was like you know haven't
1: processed any of
0: that. yeah I haven't processed it and it brought like so many negative emotions um up whether it was depression suicide like literally having no motivation Mm -hmm. and I had never experienced those feelings before at least to that extent so I think it was hard for me to kind of like come to terms with what I was going through and then also continue to show up in the ways that I normally was showing up. And even not asking for help, like I think that is an area of improvement. So I was like going through these hard moments and like not having a safe a space where I could honestly tell someone like, hey, like I'm I'm not okay. Like I genuinely thought about not being on this earth today or like I, it literally took me like, most of the morning to, like, start my day and get out of bed. Or, like, I had one assignment to do that was literally... Okay, it wasn't that, but, like, maybe the assignment is, like, make a checklist of, like, your favorite colors. And literally knowing the assignment I have to do, but literally not having the energy or the motivation to literally just hit, to write blue, green, you know? (laughs) So I think that was, like, it just... Yeah, I would say that experience has just continued to sh- continue to shape my 2022. And, you know, we'll talk more about it, but I've been trying to heal from that the, during the summer. And, you know, even now, and as I'm making goals for 2023, just like, you know, understanding and recognizing that I went through something, how it's affected me and like having healthy avenues to like talk about those emotions and having friends around me who are going to support me also in those moments
1: and that's a beautiful thing a lot of people don't yeah. like as you're talking about they just get up and keep moving forward and like yeah taking time to acknowledge what it was or how it's affected you or how you can overcome mm-hmm. it I, I can't wait for you to see who you become like from yeah. not just like the car accident obviously that yeah that's an unfortunate situation but when you said learning set boundaries, saying no, like, I think 2020 is going to be an amazing year for you. (laughs) Period. Thank
0: you. In Jesus' name. (laughs) Um, But I guess, like, there was, in your healing journey, episode four, um, there was, you talked about, like, suicide ideation. Like, I feel like, um, I feel like that's something that, you know, a lot of people don't talk about. Like, I think... You know, I want this to be a platform where we, we have those hard conversations because I feel like suicide is something that a lot more people than we think, think about um, and go through. And so like, how was like, what was that experience like for you? What triggered it? And, you know, how, how like does it do you still have those thoughts, I guess, today?
1: Um, so. So suicidal ideation that for me had been a thing almost majority of my entire life um mm-hmm. when i was a child whereas like some people have trauma that is caused by like parents and we mm-hmm. are able to kind of pinpoint like you can't really hide it because it's right there i had a lot of trauma that also happened outside of the family and i didn't know how to navigate that as a child like i think i talked mm-hmm. a little in my trauma dumping episode i talk a little bit about addiction to pornography and stuff like that as a child. Mm-hmm. Those were things that happened to me at home. Those were things that happened outside yeah. of the home. So yeah. learning to navigate that, how that impacted me, um, shame with my body, there was times I didn't take care of myself, I bleeped through my clothing because I was so embarrassed with my menstrual cycle. Mm-hmm. It caused a lot of suicidal ideation. Mm-hmm. I didn't want to be yeah. Like and Back to that black and white thinking, my parents raised us to love ourselves, to respect ourselves, in mm-hmm. our words. but my experience wasn't matching who I was, and yeah, I always felt like I was malfunctioning. I didn't necessarily want to die. Like, I've always had yeah. to experience this thing called life, but because of like, yeah. that black and white thinking, I just didn't know how to exist. Um, yeah. So as a child, I mean, there's times I've hung myself. It never worked. Obviously, I'm here. yeah. Um, and it was mainly thanks to God. <laughs> yeah, I said thanks to God. <laughs> it was mainly like when my parents weren't home either. So my mm-hmm. a lot of what I was going through was very hidden. Like it was very very hidden. Yeah. And I didn't know how to navigate it yeah. myself. Come to college. I mean, in high school, I was really go 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 go. So I didn't really have too much time to think about mm-hmm. it. Um. Yeah, college is when it really hit me front and center, and I had some of the most intense suicidal ideation I've ever had. Freshman year, I got super. It was like one of my first few times drinking, and I wanted to like jump off a bridge, and like my friend had to hold yeah. me back and be like, damn so this, like we're going to the hospital. Like I should be in and out of psychiatry units right now. It's like really yeah. that I'm not." But it wasn't. It wasn't like an active. Thing. Like I, 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 how to yeah. it. I didn't want to die. I don't want to die. It was just mm. my brain was malfunctioning. Like um yeah. now, I don't have it. Um, I mm-hmm. haven't had suicidal ideation for months, maybe like a yeah. year now, because yeah. I'm not in that space anymore where I feel like I want yeah. to interrupt. But suicidal ideation is real. It's true. When I was on campus. A lot of people I was associated with had intense suicidal ideation. We'd be running to each other's mm-hmm. dorms, making sure nobody's, you know, trying to off themselves. Yeah, I led, like, Black campus ministries and undergrad. So many people yeah. were talking about how they want to end their lives. And I was just like, why are yeah. conversations actually being had? It's
0: every- yeah. It's like- yeah. And I think that's why it's so important to have like just even like a support system, like somebody who your safe place where you can like be vulnerable and like share some of, you know, even those like dark thoughts. Like I think having a friend or a family member, or even if it's through therapy, just having a space where you can like be honest about how you're feeling and not feel alone. Cause I think what, even for me, like what contributed to, um, thoughts of suicide was definitely like I'm going through hardship everyone thinks I'm strong and I just feel like n- no one is seeing me like no one is seeing the brokenness like I look so strong on the outside but if somebody just takes the time to like <laughs> like I'll just like fall apart and like I just felt like yeah it's just a connect between what people were perceiving and my reality so and feeling alone so um I think some another uh, term that you you use a lot in your videos is like trauma responses. Mm. So like what like what is that and how like what are you, some of your trauma responses? Like how would you define it for somebody who who doesn't know or doesn't understand that concept?
1: Um, one again, I want to say I'm not a, a professional, so <laughs> my understanding of trauma responses is fight, fight, mm-hmm. freeze or fawn. So like we have mm-hmm. some people will when confronted like you know how we talked about like earlier like trauma shows up in subconscious yeah. later on like whether you're just or not mm-hmm. like it could show up yeah. as aggressive behavior or it could show up as the silent treatment it could show up as passive aggressive it could show up as the nice girl when i was a nice girl like because um, i don't have yeah. conflict i don't want to argue i want to avoid this but it's not coming from a place of i want peace a little bit but also coming from a place of I'm afraid of conflict and what I don't want peace I want <laughs> problems anyway sorry <laughs> um, that was in my head I'm sorry oh go ahead go ahead <laughs> um, and some of my trauma responses and I saw them mainly in well one avoidance um, I avoided mm-hmm. a lot of those issues until I couldn't avoid them anymore like I- yeah. In, in elementary school, middle school, high school, I would always say pain is temporary. Like I have this specific memory mm-hmm. at the dentist. And I just remember yeah. that became my motto for life. Whether it was emotional yeah. or physical pain, I said pain is temporary, tomorrow will come. And that plays plays perfectly well into my life. But at the time, it just allowed me to numb and to avoid. That type yeah. of avoidance showed up in relationships. And when I say relationships, I mean platonic. It showed up as mm-hmm. anxious avoidance. So I would attach and then I'll detach. I'll come close. I'll blow up your mm-hmm. phone. and Then I'm gonna block you. Like, and I, I didn't yeah. understand what was going on. But everyone around me was also doing the same thing. But
0: yeah,
1: although it was normal for all of us, it felt terrible. And, and yeah, it really having to start questioning like, what's going on here? So I, I would say trauma response shows up sort of in a variety of different ways across. My entire life, relationships, work, school. I was afraid to leave my dorm come mm-hmm. all freshman year. Like, I would just lay in my bed. Um, yeah. I would be afraid to get on the campus, like, the campus bus. And wow. I was like, Am I allowed to? Like, I had this constant, God, I don't even know how I came out of it. This Damn. constant fear, this freaking fear. Yeah yeah but what about you? Do you think you, you have any trauma responses or have had trauma responses
0: I definitely have um i think i'm again i'm I'm still on my journey of like processing the hardships that i've been through and like um giving myself time to like heal and have a healthy avenue to you know, to ask those questions and figure out what I went through. I would say, um, I think as it relates to the car accident, like there's the physical stuff, like obviously, like if I get into a car and like there's somebody like if we're making a left turn or something and there's a car coming towards that side and a passenger, like there's definitely like a lot of anxiety and I'll like wince as if like the accident's going to happen again. Um, But I feel like in other areas, like if you want to talk about like childhood um, trauma, I feel like for me, mm, maybe in how I make my relationships, um, like I think there's maybe a part of me is because I think early on, like I, I felt like when I was nine, uh, someone did something in the house, like something wrong. And I think it was my brother. And my dad thought it was me. So I was punished for it. I got a good spanking. And I wasn't even upset about the pain that the spanking caused. I was upset because I was punished and I did do something wrong, right? And I remember like running to my mother and just like, I didn't even, I don't even know if I necessarily wanted her to fix the issue, but I just wanted to like someone to believe me and to just hug me. Like, I think as a child who like never needed hugs or whatever, I was like, right, something happened. I run to my mom's room, like, I'm nine. I just, like, you know, I just wanted a hug. I needed validation. Um, and, um, you know, my mother wasn't that kind of woman. So <laughs> I think she kind of, like, I kind of, like, stretched my hands out as a little kid to kind of, like, get that hug, but kind of, like, uh, we ain't never did this before, kind of. <laughs> and she kind of, like, looked at me, kind of, like, cheese mm, what she wants and she like didn't do anything we didn't we didn't address that conversation like oh do you want a hug it was just like "Mm, and then it didn't happen and she I don't think she even like went and was like hey Natura was you know she didn't do that there was no apologies so I think in that moment like I just had a complete 360 where as a nine-year-old I was like okay I'm not gonna get emotional support or validation from my parents. I have to find that by myself. So I think since that age, I feel like where even like my relationships are concerned, like platonic and romantic, like I think a lot of the times I feel like I have to, I don't wanna depend on anyone emotionally, right? And I think even when going through depression and like some of the things that I've that I've gone through, like part of me is always like, I don't want to have to depend on anybody for this because at the end of the day, I'm the only one I've got. Right. <laughs> but I think again, like, it's just so important to have like friends and, and family or like therapy to, where you have like that safe space to just like be vulnerable and get what you're feeling out into the air. Cause I think, yeah, I think those two things I would say are my trauma responses, but say like you're, you're like in your healing journey um right you would say that you're in your healing journey I would say I'm out of it actually I think I think I'd
1: say I'm pretty done with the healing journey and now I'm just experiencing life
0: yeah yeah just
1: (laughs) experiencing
0: life (laughs) (laughs) okay and I think here's my thing though with healing I feel like there is no timeline for healing Mm -hmm. like I I think maybe you feel like oh um you know, I've done specific things for this duration of time. And like, I'm in a better place. Like I'm done with healing. But I think for me, I feel like healing continues for a lifetime. Like you might be okay for two years, but something might happen that like triggers you and puts you in like another place. And you have to like, remember all those things that you learned and like, you might be 60 girl. And you might be like, damn, when I was a kid, I was 22. (laughs) Um, 22 (laughs) so I think for me like healing is a forever journey um but like how in along your healing journey I guess what are some things that you did to shape those trauma chains and like overcome those trauma responses like what triggered your healing journey and yeah like basically that talk more about your healing journey yeah um
1: well my healing journey so my childhood happens, college <laughs> happens, and then I get to college, and I'm praying, and I'm just like, you know, God, you always answer my prayers. Right now, I want
0: mm-hmm.
1: um, a friend group that is just like family because I love my family, yeah, right, yeah. And I got that friend group, and it was an amazing friend group. Like, I have so much love, respect for every single person that I knew. Mm-hmm. Um Where none of us are no longer friends. Spoiler alert. But um, it reminded me not only of the good parts of family, but also the bad parts of family. Mm -hmm. Not only the good parts of my childhood, but also the the bad parts of my childhood, which introduced that black and white Mm -hmm. thinking. So it really Mm -hmm. messed with my head because I was just like, if my family's good, then why are my friends bad? Like just all these sorts of things. yeah. I can't speak for them because they're obviously not here to defend themselves or talk about their experiences, mm-hmm. but we had a lot of shared ways of moving about life, mm-hmm. and just yeah. was so harmful to at least to me, and I, I think to everybody in the friend group, but it was so hard to navigate because it was like, this is all I've seen, this is all, I, I can't speak for them, but we've seen majority of our lives, mm-hmm. like we talk about family, we talk about these things, But if it's okay, if it's good, then why doesn't it feel right? Anyways, it kept escalating, escalating, escalating until it completely, boom, dropped, fell apart in the most dramatic way possible. I was living with my old best friend at the time, and I remember having to break Mm the lease and move in by myself. And I think it was was actually spirit-led because both of us, and she's not here, again, to talk about her experience, but... What I remember was God telling both of us that you guys are about to go down this journey. Like I'm about to transform you Mm -hmm. what I have for you in over the course of your life, this person can't sustain Mm -hmm. it. Like who you are today can't sustain those Mm -hmm. things. So I think we kind of knew it was coming, but when it did come, it was like still a shock, at least to me. Like refinement, being refined by God. And Mm -hmm. when I was in my healing journey, I was living by myself every time I try to do something like trauma responses, like, let me go out, get super drunk, let me, God would shut it down so quickly. Like, I wish I was fine. Like, <laughs> the to completely stop working. Everybody's completely busy. Like, I used to host all yeah. inviting people into my space to distract myself. People are busy all of yeah. a sudden. Like, God made it so I had to sit with myself. I don't even know how to explain mm-hmm. it. Like, I was like a toddler to sit in the corner and yeah that's when i broke psychologically i like i just remember seeing all like my mind started to zoom in on patterns everywhere like if you look like like at this bottle you see like those patterns like Mm -hmm. i would start to look for all the patterns in the world because my mind is trying to protect me like if i know the patterns if i know cycles if i can find the logic in something yeah and that was not sustainable because it like, just imagine zooming in on everything and um, emotional regulation. I didn't have good emotional regulation and Mm -hmm. wanting to just do all sorts of harmful things to myself to avoid emotions. Um, I was trying to run from myself like this malfunctioning that I've always experienced until, Mm -hmm. you know, the Holy spirit, now, it's subjective as to how God speaks to all of us, but I think God speaks to me mm-hmm. through dreams and visions, which is subjective because there is no yeah. like scientific evidence backing these things, but that's yeah. how I feel God speaks to me. And I'd have dreams yeah. of God showing me a true version of myself, or I'd have visions mm-hmm. uh-huh. of God showing me who I can become. And it was like, if I just walk forward, wow. I can walk up for that. Mm-hmm. Like, I just have to have a little bit of faith. Go tomorrow. Yeah. Like it may not be today, but tomorrow is <laughs>
0: yeah. I was
1: like, Okay, God, I'm gonna take you up on that. Um, my relationship with God also suffered, like I would like that lack of emotional regulation, I ripped up my Bible, all sorts mm-hmm. of things. I was in deep pain. But based off of those dreams I started going to therapy, started watching videos. I would read scriptures that are like be still and know that I'm God. I would sit there and just feel my emotions. Um yeah. Just sit there and allow myself to process. And I started to notice whoa, I feel better. If I don't run from myself, I won't die. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and I felt I didn't fall in love with the healing journey. It was still painful, but I became yeah. more okay walking it. I became more okay yeah. saying no, like not being a nice person. Because I was yes. like, well, God is onto something. Maybe he I mean, is yes. God know knows something. Oh. <laughs> I just um, I allowed God to keep me in that season of like I guess Mm -hmm. being not hidden but like sit down being time out you have things to learn and what at first felt like punishment I quickly realized not quickly I realized that it was it was God's grace for my life because if I if I was 35 Moving the way I was moving yeah. then, I would have traumatized my own children. Honestly, I probably wouldn't have had it. Yeah. Like, I mean, I'm not married, but I wouldn't have a healthy marriage the way i view relationships. Yeah. It's just, it wasn't yeah. going to happen. But yeah. oh one hundred percent. But how are you? Because you you said you're currently in your healing journey and it's like a lifelong wow. thing, but how are you currently shaking those things off?
0: Um, I feel like for me, on my healing journey, like I feel like some things that I've been, learning are the importance of being vulnerable, like I said, and asking for help. Those are two areas that I've struggled in all my life. And by the time I ask for help, whether it's other people or God, like it's, it's almost too late. <laughs> and I think like this year, it was like, it was, it's, this year has been a lot. Cause it's like, yes, I went through this hardship, but it's like, also I've been on this beautiful journey of healing, like for the second half of the year. So there were, like, when I was going through those dark moments, I def- genuinely felt so far away from God. Like, when I prayed, I felt like I was talking to a wall. Like, and then I would, you know, I, my prayer would literally be like, mm, God, like, I don't even know if you're listening, but da 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 And sometimes, like, I wouldn't even be able to finish it because I'm like, yeah, he's not even listening. Like, what is the point? Um, So it was just, like, in terms of, I just felt so far away from God. And I met... Like during the summer, I met this friend. um, Well, (laughs) to be honest, we, (laughs) it was more than a friend. Like maybe we were dating and I feel like I opened up to him in a different way than I'd open up to everyone in the sense of like where my faith is concerned and like those dark feelings that I had at times. And he literally spiritualized those moments. Like it wasn't about like, oh, da, 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 you're going. It was like, this man would pray over me. He would like go there with me. He would share his experiences. And I think that's literally the main reason he was brought into my life, to be honest. We're no longer together romantically. We're just friends right now. But um, I think that was like, I needed someone to remind me like, God is here in the midst. Like sis, all you gotta do is reach out. It's hard. You might feel alone, but he's always gonna be that one person who is here ready to support you. Um, If not like emotionally, if not financially, just like relationship wise, like he's your best support system. So I think along my healing journey, it's just been like rediscovering my, you know, rediscovering God (laughs) and kind of like trying to like mend the broken relationship more on my end that I kind of like. Um, started and and being more real with him Being, being vulnerable with God like I know he knows he knows he knows you know who I am at the core but I think it's it's a different thing to like to act like that so whether it's like even in my prayers like hey Abba I don't have the words but I'm feeling this right? And my prayer will literally be be that. And I'll bring those dark feelings, whether it's depression, whether it's like, I feel alone, whether it's whatever the situation is, I'll literally just bring that and just sit in it and like, allow him to be in that moment with me. And yeah, like he has continued to support and, um, you know, amaze me these past few months. And um, yeah, so I think those are some areas, like, I think faith, like rediscovering my relationship or deepening my relationship with God, being vulnerable, asking for help. Um, and yeah, so that's basically that. And therapy, girl, let's talk therapy. How was your experience? Like, I know you've mentioned you went to therapy for a little bit. How long, um, was it helpful?
1: (laughs) Um, you know, oh my gosh, I just had a memory. Um, Actually, my healing journey, my desire to heal didn't start last year. I was pushed into healing last year. But my desire actually started sophomore year. I lived in a dorm by myself, and I had, like, this entire map of all the trauma I've been through. By this time, I was still emotionally not clicking with the past. But um, at that point, I remember, oh, my gosh, I texted almost everyone I knew. I was like, let's heal, you guys. Uh, I was such a positive child back then. Um, I didn't even know what I was talking about at the time, but I was just like, what would a person who wants to do better do? Go to therapy. So I went to therapy and I'm there. They're asking me what's going on in my life. I'm still emotionally detached. And I'm just like, well, you know, I'm a good student. Da-da-da-da. And my therapist was like, oh, so you have your life together. I was like, mm, I guess, you know. Um and like, <laughs> So do you have a boyfriend and i was like no and th- like they noticed like the shrug thing and they asked what that was and it reminded mm-hmm. me of like sexual trauma i'd experienced in the past and mm-hmm. i remember having like a mini mental break at that point like i remember almost passing out we call it the ped mall in iowa city or no the old capital mall mm-hmm. in iowa city i remember almost passing out mm-hmm. there because of, I was remembering so many things that I had pushed down and one of my yeah. friends had to help me back to my dorm and that was new to me. I was like, wait, I knew all the trauma I'd experienced, but now I'm like the emotions are coming up and that scared me and I never went back. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I never went back to therapy. <laughs> um, I distracted myself yeah. with like partying at this point, like all sorts of things are going on on campus. Yeah. Um, and i just was like i'm healthy i'm okay i've overcome all is well yeah and when i was pushed into my that friend group again my old best friend we were like bro we need to go to therapy she's actually the one she's like yeah you talk about things that aren't normal and i was like you talk about things that aren't normal we need to go to therapy and Mm -hmm. but that's when the friendship fell apart and when everything started happening, I'm starting to notice all these patterns. I'm not, I, like God has me in time out. I prayed for a therapist mm-hmm. because I'm no longer a student at this point. I have graduated from the university, so I don't have access mm-hmm. to therapy. I'm kind of starting yeah. my life, so I'm brokeity, broke, broke. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I was just like, God, please give me a therapist. I wrote down everything I wanted a therapist. And the next day mm-hmm. I went to work and I actually had like a heart to heart with my boss, and she's like, "Oh, we actually offer therapy. Um, we offer." Oh, okay. Yeah. She's like, "We have sessions <laughs> for you." So she yeah. gave me a number to call, and I was supposed to meet with somebody else, but that person canceled, and I ended up meeting with someone who combines like almost everything together, like mental health professional. Mm-hmm. But I would even feel safe talking about the spiritual aspect without being afraid of being labeled as like schizophrenic or something like like you know something so logical um she kind of balanced those things and she met everything i had on the prayer list and i got into therapy i would go every two weeks um i would vent i think the first few sessions was purely venting and she's like i mean i go in there i'm like I have no hard feelings, but let me tell you something. Let me tell you something. How would they do with this? Why
0: do you- I was literally the same way though. <laughs> literally the same way. I went to therapy. Um, I like I knew I knew there was something wrong. I was like Natua, you are mentally unstable. Like you are dealing with more emotions that you've dealt, ever dealt with in your life, and you're not bouncing back like you normally bounce back. It's been months, sis, get help, you know? And so I was like, okay, if I'm not going to have these honest conversations with people who are close to me, let me take advantage. Again, it was related to school. I was like, let me take advantage of like the, you know, psychology program at our school and let me get, go, you know, discount therapy for like a few weeks. So in the summer, that was my focus. Let me just get therapy. And I remember like, she would, at the beginning just ask me like, you know, she so would talk about something like I think I remember filling out the form where they were like oh, trying to determine like if you're suicidal. And I remember like I ha- I had I have had hey, hey, I had had <laughs> I had had thoughts of suicide before, but not to like this extent. So anytime that I filled out, you know, you go to the doctor's hospital, they ask you, you know, have you thought about that? And I would say no because I'm like, you know, yes, I've had those thoughts, but like that's not my story. That's not who I am. Like. I'm over it at this point. No. When I was signing up for therapy, I was like, "Uh, we did have a thought like (laughs) last week, maybe a few days ago. This is, so I I decided to put yes, but I didn't think like they would make a big deal about it. First day of of therapy, she's like, oh, so I saw that you feel, I was like, oh no, here she comes asking me about my suicidal thoughts. I wasn't prepared to talk about all this. Just trying to understand, like genuinely trying to do her job. And I just like, had all these walls up. Like, why are you genuinely, like why, like, why do you even care? You don't know me as a person. Like, why Why are you trying to dig deep? Um, She would, you know, she would ask me questions and then try to connect it to my childhood. And like trying to ask me deeper questions about my childhood. And I'd just be like, hmm. Like just, you know, short responses, we're not going to go into depth. And I remember her trying to like tell me that I was like depressed like in the sense of like, if you look up depression, the symptoms of depressions, I was depressed and I didn't know it because I, I again, me depressed, that will not be my identity. I might be sad here and there, but on me, I am not depressed. So I think therapy definitely like helped me come to terms with that word. And that feeling and kind of like in admitting that that was the issue, kind of figure out like, okay, this is something I'm going through. What can I do? Like we talked about like, okay, when you're feeling those moments, like do you have support systems or like things that you do to make you feel better? And like all these other things that we talked about, we made like little short plans and all these things that I just once she, once the therapy, the short session ended, like, I remember at the end, she was like, you know, I think you should continue therapy. I feel like with you know you basically you have to go deeper like she's like if you allow yourself to go deeper like therapy will be so like helpful and rewarding for your life is the gist of what she said and the whole time i was like like okay like i felt like i had opened up more than i'd open up to anyone but at the same time like i just i wasn't i had so many walls up again just feeling like emotionally i'm the person. Who has to like fill myself up? And whether you're my therapist or my boyfriend or whatever, like I don't want to come to you with those feelings. So I think that's literally been my journey. Like at the beginning, it was just defensive, walls up. But again, like along the way, it's allowed me to, you know, come to terms with those feelings and that depression, that word. Healing is so important because there's this, there's this um, phrase that people say like broken people hurt, are the ones who hurt others. Um, and I think when you have trauma, right, and you don't take the time to process, you don't take the time to, to even the self-awareness to like recognize like, okay, I had, I went through this really hard moment, but like, how is it affecting me now? Like... What are some areas that I can improve? What, what help can I seek out at this point in time? Who can I have these honest conversations about? I think that is the beginning of a healing journey and it just will positively spiral into all other areas of your life. Um, so like, what do you think about that statement of like broken people hurt are the ones who hurt others? Um,
1: I agree a hundred percent. Like, um,
0: Yeah.
1: Hurt people hurt people, but healed people healed people. And it's not that mm. people necessarily, that's <laughs> yeah, like it's not like <laughs> it people necessarily go out of their way to heal others. But imagine like mm. seeing someone who has healed; it would make you think, like, mm. whoa, how are they yeah. moving that way? Like, it, mm-hmm. it would raise like a question. And I truly believe, like, um, I don't, I don't even know. I could say so many things to this because that's literally what generational trauma is. That's what generational. our parents were hurt or in their friend friend groups they were hurt and now it's all being projected Mm -hmm. onto us like you can't trust people Mm -hmm. you can't do this because yeah because sometimes people don't take a moment to sit and feel those parts of themselves they continue like that's why you shouldn't go like if i went to therapy and it didn't go well you shouldn't go to therapy like it's not good now oh yeah yeah and but when I go to therapy and it helps. It's like, that's what you should definitely go to therapy. Like it's going to be beneficial to you. Yeah. If you're having a friend group problem, it's like, hey, I've been there before. It's possible to overcome it. Mm-hmm. Or um, you're having romantic problems. Like, hey, it's okay. Like you just have to move mm-hmm. it this way. Like healed people, help each other move through life in such a way that it's healthy mm-hmm. and actually allows us to experience life. Like it makes me so sad because some yeah. people have been hurt for so long they'll never truly get to experience
0: life because experiencing life through a trauma response isn't experiencing life. Honestly, we're going to end on that because that was a word right there. I guess you have any like last thoughts or like advice for someone who may be in a low place right now, like somebody who may need a word, like what is just a last thought, a last advice for somebody?
1: Well, I'll offer advice as if I'm talking to my younger Mm -hmm. self. Um, yeah. it's it, it's not going to happen overnight this transformation that you want it's not going to happen overnight or this transformation that you don't even know you need it's not going to happen overnight mm-hmm. but if you truly want to heal if you truly want better one you have to be honest with yourself and tell yourself that you want that and then two yeah, you have to walk in a way that shows that you want that whether it's going to therapy journaling just sitting with your emotions, cry for all I care. I drove around screaming yeah. at one point because I had problem. But you yeah. gotta feel, you gotta release those emotions, and it's the ugliest, ugliest thing. Mm-hmm. Because one thing that I love to say is that healing is a painful but liberating journey, mm-hmm. and you should definitely, yes. definitely, definitely um, take that step towards healing and see a life. I don't know, like just live life for goodness sake just live life yeah. but it starts with feeling like basically like you're dying or something but go get help go get help yeah
0: and just go get help start
1: just start somewhere i don't care what
0: you do yeah. somewhere exactly be comfortable with being uncomfortable that's the beginning honestly but, anyways, thank you so much for taking the time to be on my Big Girl Era podcast. And I feel like this conversation has been fruitful. Honestly, I feel like this was therapy for me. <laughs> and um, we'll like we'll continue to catch up like offline. But um, I guess like, do you have any social media for people if they want to like follow you? Oh. Anywhere, uh, what's your social media? And I'll link it in the um, description.
1: Yeah, so you guys can find me on, by the way, I like to post things about mental health, but I can also d- d- post just about anything. <laughs> 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 you guys can follow me on Instagram or TikTok as at which is s i t a e. You can follow my fitness mm-hmm. pages because health, e- health is wealth. And it's beneficial for, mm-hmm. for Here you. <laughs> or you can catch up with me on YouTube where I post weekly vlogs as I figure life out as a 22 year old and as I build the life that God
0: wants for me. Thank you so much. And for all of y'all listening, we'll see you next time. Bye. Bye.